You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you have any cheese at all? No. <laughs> the senseless waste of human life. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to the first Cheese Room podcast of 2021. Started off with a win and plenty of attacking football. If things carry on like this, it's going to be a very good year. Joining me to discuss the victory against Leeds all the way from Austria is HG. How are you doing, mate? I am doing fantastic. Happy New Year to you and everyone who's listening. And uh, yeah. Like life is life is great when you win the Saturday lunchtime game, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. I'm just hoping that the Gooners do us a favour and cheer us up even more by losing, but doesn't look likely. Um, also joining from deeper stark of South London it is Mr. Paul Muir. How are you doing, Paul? How you doing, guys? Happy New Year to you all and happy old New Year to the Cheetos listening. And uh, yeah, a win to start. Feels good, doesn't <laughs> it? Feels good. It does feel good. It's uh, another comprehensive victory, uh, which is interesting. Before the game started, we had a bit of chat on our Patreon channel and somebody was saying that it could be 4-0 either way today. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt, but I was more thinking it could either be like a really stifling ball draw or we were going to do it. And we went and did it, but I was I was a little bit surprised. As always, we talk about the, the team selection, so we'll do that first. But HG, what did you think of it today when you saw the lineup? Um, I wasn't too upset. I think, you know, the front three kind of picks itself now. Bergvine really should be the one who plays with Son and Kane. The mm. back four was um, our slow four. You know, I, I was a bit surprised to see Davis and, and Doherty play, but I guess with what happened with Reguilon, that was always going to happen. And, and yeah, where is Aurier? Does anyone know? Maybe he's on his way out. Who, who knows what, what we're trying to do? But, um, yeah, I, thought, I, I was a bit surprised to, to, to see that back four. But in midfield... Yeah, we all know Winks is slightly more progressive than Sissoko, Dombele. Yeah, we, we, we know what they're capable of. So it, it, it was an all right selection. I wasn't thrilled with it, but you, you just never know with the current Spurs. Mm. And when you saw it, Paul, did you think it was going to be defensive? Because like HG said, that is our slow defence. And I, it, I was a bit confused because then Winks was in there. So I was like, I wonder what we're going to do today. Yeah, the lack of pace at the back. Um, none of them that played today are known for... Uh, Quick, fast kind of turning circles and then and sprinting. So I was a little bit concerned. I was really looking forward to this game today because I 
been watching Leeds quite a bit since we got Jack Clark and loaned him back, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah. And I was concerned, I thought, because, you know, Bamford is, he's, he's hot and cold, but, um, you know, he's he's been on lately. He's been he's been pretty good. And then, like, they get the ball to him nice and quickly and they flood forward quickly. So, yeah. So, yeah, the lack of pace. And to see Wink start as well, I thought that, that, that it was it was good to see because I'm I'm still in the Winks kind of corner just but with uh, Hoiberg next to him um, I thought we might be a bit more kind of progressive because obviously like Winks is trying to like push himself into the team for the Euros uh, next year so okay and um and then when the game started HD I was quite surprised from the start we were pushing up high we definitely didn't spend the game camped on the edge of our box anyway and um like we said Winks and Hoiberg were getting forward quite a bit so it was quite refreshing to see that we can actually still play like this. Yeah, I mean, this is it. Like, I, I remember seeing very early on um, when Leeds had a goal kick and, you know, they put this into halves, you know, f- about six metres either side of their goalkeeper and were trying to, to stretch the play in, in, and invite us on. And so I think that worked in our favour. Leeds do play very open football. You always know you're going to get chances against them. It's just a question of how well you can move the ball. And I think we did that really well today. So um, there were times where Winks actually moved moved forward with the ball as opposed to trying to find a pass to someone else. Mm. He, he trusted his ability on it because you know, I, I kind of agree with, with Paul that he, he can do that. He spent the last two years not doing it for various reasons, but it, it is it is possible for him to do that. So, yeah, it was, it was, an, it was an odd one because I, I do feel like always the first goal is going to be critical. And mm. it's not as if we created a great deal before before we scored. And Leeds had you know a few half chances, and they had one very early on when Alioski found the side netting. But yeah, yeah, it, it, it was weird. I felt like we looked okay. Leeds looked maybe better than us, but then that was the system they're used to playing. It, it was all about whether you could take that positivity and, and turn it into a goal. Do you agree with that? Paul, because I thought whilst we were playing higher up the pitch and closing down stuff, I still think Leeds looked possibly a better outfit. They looked more comfortable on the ball at times and I thought their passing was good and up until yeah. our goal. Yeah, they progressed it really nicely. I don't know if you guys watched the BT commentary. Uh, Hoddle was always talking about their centre-back coming in, for, coming in front and bringing the ball out and that kind mm-hmm. of gave them an extra man in midfield. But we definitely played 10, 15 yards further forward uh, than we normally do. Yeah, they seem to like play the triangles a lot better and they seem to like link play really, really well. Well, we, you could quite clearly see that the outs in runs from Bergwijn and Son were going to be our main way of attacking. And um, we definitely seem to play to like our strengths, definitely of like that, that kind of quick, kind of our wingers kind of like. Mm. But we, we, got, we got the ball really, uh, really, really well. I mean, we turned it over quite a lot. I mean, they, they did give a lot of passes. They made, they made some really, really quite slack passes, but we definitely yeah. turned the ball over well in midfield. No, I agree. One of our top fans has written in uh, Tony Cormack and he said, we took advantage of a weak defensive team. Um, for all of Leeds' attacking intent, they were really soft in their own half and especially the final third. I mean, you're a big fan, aren't you, Bielsa, Paul? So do you agree with that? And do you think this is how they play normally or do you think they had a bit of an off day? I'm a Bielsa fan, you're right. This is the way they play. They're not going to change it. If you watch it with the uh, the crowd noise switched off, you can hear him just like, the instructions are all the same, wait for your moment, wait for your moment, and go, go. And then they all go. He's been mm-hmm. doing that for the last two seasons. Yeah. You know what Dallas is going to give you, you know what uh, Bamford is going to give you, you know the way they're going to play it from the back as well. They are going to like literally spring as a unit, like six, seven players. If you think about the the defence that they did play today, you know, Stuart Dallas has played midfield for a lot of his career. Yeah. Alioski is a winger who's playing left back for various reasons. Um, Luke Ayling is a fullback who, who like, play, plays centre-half. So 
they're never going to be a solid setup given the, the defenders that they had. I don't think they had any real defenders of any note on the bench because they've got their first three centre halves all injured, I think. So it's it, mm. it, Leeds were clearly only going to win today. I, mean, I say this every time if they score more, but you knew that we were going to score at least one. Like you'd have yeah. expected us to get something or to score at least once today. So yeah, for, for Leeds to play as they did, I, I, I they played similarly to how they always play, but I just didn't think they were really on it today. I thought no. Leeds weren't as manic as I've seen them in the past. And I think that um, that kind of hurt them because you know, we, 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 we're not the most mobile of teams. I mean, Winks was in there today and he obviously can run. But as a, as a side, we, we, we don't tend to like the, the backwards and forwards running. We, we want to have the ball or we want to transition with it, but we don't want to run backwards too often. And so I think that certainly the, the four attacking midfielders from Leeds didn't do anywhere near the damage that they would usually do. I, I thought we actually looked pretty comfortable. No, I think that's a fair point. I mean, you're right, Paul, as well about um, Bielsa, because even when they were 3-0 down, he was still just expecting him to play exactly the same way. And I think mean, that's it, that they play one way. It's a bit like the criticisms we used to have of Poch at times. But, it's, yeah, it's still good football. And I thought I thought they played well and were a bit unlucky um, in certain respects. But uh, Frodo Nilsson has written in as well, and he said, good game, took advantage of their mistakes playing from the back. And one of those mistakes did lead to the penalty in the end, doesn't it? His son was closing down their goalkeeper. Um, I think they kicked it out and Wink swept it up, uh, played the loose ball to Bergvine. And and that was good because we had something like five or six players in their half. Like the defence was all well back, but all of those players were in the opposition half around the area, closing them down. So I was, I was quite impressed with that. But the penalty itself, I don't know. Paul, do you think it was a bit soft? Uh, yeah, um, I do, uh, to be honest. If that was given against us, we'd be shouting he played for it. He, he definitely left his leg there. He dangled. He actually lifted his leg up in the air. If he's actually going to turn on the ball, that would have been the leg he's planted on and turning. Yeah. Um, and he left it there for the defender to clip him as well. But that's part and parcel of the twenty, the game in... in 2021 now. 2021. <laughs> it took me a while there. Thanks, thanks, Franco. Um, yeah, um, it was soft to answer your question. It was soft. yeah, because yeah, yeah. I watched the um, the analysis afterwards, and even then, like Genesis is probably right. He, he makes contact with his foot first, which is about at least a foot outside the box, and then it's debatable. I think the ref they had on there was saying that it was probably on the line, but. I just think Bergvine played for that. He, like you say, he stuck his leg there, knowing the challenge was coming in. And, and even then, the contact wasn't that great. You'll get everybody now saying, this is, goes back to what Ho, uh, Jose was saying during the, the documentary, we've got to be clever, see you next Tuesdays. And, and you'll get everybody saying now, we're a bit more streetwise. All good teams, all big teams do it. But it, it's still, I don't, like, I don't like seeing Tottenham do it, to be honest. But um, <laughs> yeah. a penalty is a penalty. Is a penalty. Especially when you see Man you get what they got last night. So. See, like, I, I think, like, for me, it, it's crazy. Like, when, when I watched it in real time, I screamed penalty, and I knew instantly that what Bergvan had done, that he'd played for it, and it was deliberate. Yeah. But I don't think I cared, if I'm honest. <laughs> I was just like, well, no, that, that, that's the penalty, you. give us the penalty. And when he did, but obviously when I saw the replay, I'm like, well, VAR's going to overturn that. Because to me, it was relatively clear that if anything it was outside mm. the area, and yeah, we're like Bergvein clearly played for it. It was stupid of the defender to go through the back of him or through <laughs> the side of him that became the back of him as soon as Bergvein lifted his leg. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like it, it, it's gamesmanship. I mean, like any sport. I think that we've seen. I've watched it in the darts over the Christmas period. Any sport can have people that that bend the rules to to try and help them. And I don't think mm. that Bergvein did anything wrong. 
but yeah, having said that, like had I been a Leeds fan, I'd have been screaming blue murder at that because that like there's there's no way he's trying to play the ball. He's trying to get a foul. Yeah. No, I agree. I, and I think that's it. Just looking at it in in, in sort of a, an impartial way, I'd say it was harsh. I mean, I don't care. Like, it's great. I'm really pleased that, we, that he did that. So uh, we got the pen. And then Kane, there was never any doubt that he was going to slot that away, was there? He's just been Straight absolutely... Straight down the middle. He normally puts it to yeah. one side, doesn't he? He put, he, put, he just he just put his foot through it and uh, the goalie went to his right and put it, which I was yeah. right. The goalie still where he I know was. he's missed. A few, I know he's missed a few in the past, but I don't feel like he's missed a penalty for a long time now. Whenever he steps up, I'm just you know 99. Sure and ironically, I think the last one he missed was right down the middle. It was against, <laughs> um, I think it was Carius in the game yeah. where two two at Liverpool, where with like three goals in the final two minutes or something stupid, and Lamella dived for another penalty, but. Um, he did. He did dive. That 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 yeah. that, 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 so was, that Van, Van Harnold got hold of his leg, touched his leg, and he went down like he's been shot. Van Dyke, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, Van Dyke, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, so I think that was the last time. But yeah, like I don't like it when they kick it down the middle. But as long as you get it high enough, there's no way the keeper's gonna get it. Like even with a trailing leg. I think that's what happened today. Like Millier had the ball been a bit lower, would have would have kicked it away. But it was mm. just high enough that it, it, he couldn't do anything. Unless the goalkeeper stands in the middle. And I, I remember I think Peter Cech did that once for Arsenal against Kane. He just stood and Kane found the bottom corner and he looked really stupid. I think Kane varies it up as well quite a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, but he does he's always it. like, yeah. he's very clinical. Um, and then from from scoring the goal to becoming provider in the second half, I mean, it's really important to get that second goal early on in the second half, I thought. And it's just both both elements of it were absolutely class, weren't they, Paul? It's just, you know, the pass was fantastic and the finish was just perfect. That pass, the pace he put on it, and it comes in on a half volley. And I think he's just in front of the front post and he yeah. just and he's got a defender and he's made the move. It's 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 high quality. It's and it's just it's just so well made and it's just it's all, it is I'm gonna sound like a really bad BT commentator here, but it's like it's like telepathic. He's like Kane knows where he's going to go. He puts it there. Mm-hmm. On the, I mean, that, that finish on the half volley at the speed he was going, where he was in the six-yard box. Superb. Absolutely yeah. superb. I mean, see, I, I watched Son's interview afterwards and he said that he just realises when when Kane gets the ball and he realises he's in a certain position, he just goes. And you, you see him, that the ball goes to Kane and Son's like, right, I'm going to start running now. And it's, if he didn't time it that perfectly and the ball wasn't so perfect to him, it just wouldn't have ever happened. So it's just like, it is almost like telepathy. Sun sees the goal about three seconds before the defender sees the danger. And that's yeah. why. Because he, when the ball is played, Sun's still a yard or so behind the defender, but it just, because he's already at full pelt, he can get there. And I think the best part of the finish for me was that he didn't actually really strike it. He just no. diverted it. Yeah. Right? There, 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 was, there was no intention to add speed to it. It was just, I need to get it in the right place, find the corner, and the keeper has no chance. No, agreed. And... Then the third goal, it was a great cross from Sun. Ericsson would have been proud. It's what Ericsson was trying to do for the last two seasons and couldn't manage it. Near post move to, to Toby. And we've seen Toby score those goals before, haven't we, HD? Yeah, we have. I mean, I think in his first season, he scored a couple um, pretty early on for us. And Dyer was getting goals from 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 corners and then Toby was doing the same. And yeah, I mean, obviously he got the goal against Arsenal last season, but it doesn't happen that often anymore. But, you know, again, when, when you are where you are, the, the cross comes in, he's able to head it goal woods. I mean, he's, he's not trying to do anything else but get it on target. And we got perhaps a bit fortunate that the goalkeeper couldn't keep it out. But, um, you know, Dai was there to, to stab it over the line anyway. It wouldn't have mattered. It was, 
when you go for near post corners like that, the delivery is everything because there's not much, not much else you can do. Like if you lift it high to the far post, then it becomes a battle of jumpers, right? Like who, who can get there, who can jump the highest, but we, we, we don't seem to do those. We do like to go for those near post ones. And if the delivery is anything perfect, you've got no chance. Thankfully today, Toby kind of muscled himself into the right space and, and, and scored. He did put a little, he, he did, Nudge Bamford out of the way. I don't know if you saw it in the slow mo. It reminds me of um, just like a couple of times we tried to do a game with Ericsson and we get blocked off. It's like Toby wasn't having that today. I think he did push Bamford out of the way, and I'm just, I mean, I could see it, it, if Bamford had made more of a theatrical arms in the air, like falling on the ground, it might have been the ref might have been you know have his attention brought to it. But it's a lovely header. Yeah, that's good. I'd say I was really impressed with the movement. Again, I watched Joe say's post-match interview and he kind of said about leads, they, they mark really well and he says the movement's really important in this. And I thought it was, um, I thought all of our attacking players played quite well. We had loads of shots compared to normal. Look, I mean, first half wasn't it, something like 11 shots at half-time. We had 20-something by the end of the game, which is basically the same as we've had in the last three games put together. So, I mean, HG was much more, it was a much more refreshing and positive game to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it certainly helped that we scored. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds crazy, but I just, I'm still nervous. You know, I, I don't think that today really means that we've turned a corner. We all know that we can do it. The question mm. is whether we're going to get the chance. Obviously, the next two games, Brentford aren't too dissimilar to Leeds in the fact that they like to play football and they like to play a similar style, really. Um, and then obviously got, we've got Marine at the weekend in the, in the FA Cup. So we we, we should be seeing positive football for the next two games at least. I, I just don't know if we're gonna if it's gonna push the pendulum a little bit further um, long term. I, I wish it would, um, but I, I just don't know. Yeah, who've we got at the end of that? Villa, isn't it? Yeah, Villa's yeah, the Villa. first league game. We've got Villa yeah. and then Sheffield United, and then um, obviously the Fulham game needs to, needs to be rescheduled. But they're the three games we haven't played yet in the first half of the season. Yeah, so I think Villa was, is probably a good one to get back into the league with because I think if we get at them, it's an opportunity to play in a similar way that we did today, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think I think, I think Villa, they do let you play. I mean, I, I watched the Man United-Villa game last night and I think both sides are decent sides, you know, re- really good 11s, certainly balanced. But United had the better players, the better individuals, and they ended up getting the victory. I, mm. I, I think that if we played Villa, I'd like to think it would be a similar story. And actually quite similar to when we when we played them in February and we got away with one by scoring right at the end. But again, in, in that game, we had the better individuals and that's how we won. That game today came at the right time, obviously Fulham being postponed. And we all know how Leeds play. They do play open, as she just said that. Um, and it was a yeah, lovely sunny day and you know, first kickoff and we're at home. And it, it, it was a night. It, they do allow us to play. It was good. Um whether other teams, well, we definitely know other teams won't allow us to do that. But um, I agree. With you. I think Villa will come and, and sorry, and, and give it a go, and they'll leave spaces and stuff. They're a good side, Villa. They're a good outfit. They're there on merit. Watch quite a bit of them. I think. Yeah, um, I think. I think. They're, I think they're a good team. But that obviously that's in the future. So we'll come to that when we have to. Yeah, I mean, just just thinking about that is we really just need to make sure that Grealish is contained by the Hoiberg because. Our right back options. What's going on? We're going to talk. About <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, Serge has been banished to the naughty step, and then we bring in the, the man who everybody was really excited about. Great, we've got a decent right back. He's really not impressed. And today, I mean, the sending off. You can debate whether it was a bit harsh, but what did you think of the performance today, Paul? I can see why Wolves let him go because they got an upgrade mm. from the kit, the guy from Barcelona, mm. um, who played really well against us. 
I know he played as a wing back and and he's playing in a flat back for us, etc. Cetera, et cetera. It's just his decision making and also as well he underhits a lot of stuff as well and he's not getting forward. And as we saw today, there was absolutely no need to like get that second yellow. Um, I, I I just don't know what we do about right back. We probably put Tanganga there, I guess. Alex Wilson's written in, he says, Doherty looked massively short of confidence, no pace, poor decisions, and then an Aurier-esque brain fart at the end. Not sure what the solution is, though. Actually, do you think it's just lacking confidence, or do you think we have bought a dud? I, I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that Doherty got COVID in like August, September time. And like, like I know this in other sports that players... They might, you know, they might be COVID-free, but they still not, they still don't feel great. They don't feel a hundred percent. That that is a a bad excuse, if I'm honest. Like if that was if that was the case, but I just think that everything that we saw from Doherty at Wolves, basically, he was playing almost as a as a winger, just just supporting whoever was in front of him because he knew that he had three centre halves behind him. He had a defensive midfielder that was well, usually Dendonka, I guess, but he had yeah. someone in midfield who could cover for him. And at Spurs, he just hasn't had that. Wolves mm. fans will say that he, you know, he's decent going forward, but doesn't really look the part defensively. And we've seen that too. So, like, it, it is it is crazy because we all know that last year we talked about, you know, we saw Aurier play as that pseudo right winger, and we thought, okay, Doherty's going to come in and do that job because that's what he does anyway. And then we brought Riggy on, and and everything changed again. So it's, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think the sending off today personally was pretty harsh. Because yeah. the, the first yellow, I mean, it was for a wild challenge that didn't actually touch anyone. So that seemed a bit like, like I understand that if you're reckless, then it shouldn't matter whether you kick someone or not. But it, you know what? It probably does matter. <laughs> like <laughs> being reckless but not hurting anyone shouldn't be a yellow card as far as I'm concerned. And then yeah. um, the second one, I mean, he stands on his foot. It's not deliberate. He's not trying to kick him. It's just unfortunate. I mean, I've done that playing football where you've come to gone to close someone down and their foot has moved to where your foot lands. It, yeah. I, I think it was a really, really harsh second yellow. Um, and, it, and it does kind of screw us because, I, I mean, I agree with Paul, Tanganga will probably come in and play if Aurier is still on the naughty step. But uh, I don't know. I just, I don't really see Tanganga as, as, a, as a right back anyway. I, I know that, that Mourinho has come out and said that you know, he sees Tanganga's future there. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. If we, if we don't expect our fullbacks to bomb forward, then Tanganga is more than fine, right? But if we yeah. do, then uh, I think he'll struggle um, a little bit. Mm, maybe, no, we could put, maybe we could put Lucas Moura there because he ended up playing there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're better off putting Lamella there or Sissoko, to be oh, honest. Oh, but... Hard tackling Lamella, flying yeah, in. Exactly. exactly. I don't think we'd trust him. No. Um, let's talk about the players that did play well today. David Alexander, and a lot of people on our Facebook page have said this, Hoybier, uh, it was terrific once again. What a signing. Oh, he was really good today. I think he had something like five tackles, like almost as many interceptions, and he was really breaking up the play and, and taking um, you know, those loose balls and, and, and winning them, wasn't he? I think he suits a more open style of play. I think mm. I've said this on the pod before. Yes, he's a defensive midfielder and we can put him in, in a back six or however you call it, but I think he likes to be able to run around and, and stop things. He doesn't want to feel restricted in in his movements and his positioning. We, we saw Hoiberg today that we'd seen previously this year where he was like, right, my job is to make sure that you don't settle on the ball. And so I, I just think that today's setup suited him more. 
Yeah, I mean, there's probably an argument that because he's quite good at reading the game and anticipating, and I think that's it. When there were so many loose balls that he could then maybe anticipate and, and get into, then that's what he did. He closes those part. He closes those passing lanes off really, really quickly. Um, yeah, he he really does. He like uh, maybe the full the opposition forwards come short and they're looking for a ball, and he might he might get a shout behind him like left or right shoulder from one of the centre backs. But he seems to cut out and intercept an awful lot of passes. I mean. It's just it's it's uncanny the amount the amount of times that he's in the right place at the right time to cut a ball out, and that's just that that's, that's down to instinct and skill and conditioning as well to get himself around the park laterally, left and right as well. Um, I love him. I absolutely love him. I think he's brilliant. I think he's what we've wanted since dare I say it, someone like Palacios or something. It's just it he's exactly what we need. He's exactly what we need. It's good. Yeah, he's great. And it'd be a bit remiss if we didn't mention Sonny joining the 100 club today, uh, HG. He's just, what a phenomenal player. There's not much more you can say. What was the statistic? Something like him and Kane have been involved in 78% of our goals or something this season? Something like that. I, I know that they equaled the, uh, was it the the assist goal partnership record of a season today? Oh, the SAS. So yeah, the, you're quite, the, the Sutton and Shearer, I think it was 13 where they helped each other to 13 goals in, I guess it would be their title-winning season back in 95. Yeah. And uh, and we've done it in, what, 16 games? I mean, it, yeah. it's crazy. So, um, yeah, like Sun has been a fantastic player for us. He is a fantastic player for us. And he needs to sign that new contract, please. <laughs> This is it. It's like we've already heard twice rumours that he'd signed it and still no announcements. So I do wonder what they're haggling over. So when we don't buy anybody in January and we have a fire sale in January just to appease the uh, the Tottenham faithful, they'll come out with yes, yeah, and <laughs> signed a new £250,000 a week contract. That's what's going to happen. That one's, you reckon? that one's for you, Leon. That one's for you. Well, we, I mean, Joe says he's come out this week and said that he's not expecting anyone in. Do you, I mean, do you think, do you believe that then, Paul? Uh, yeah, I saw, I saw what he said. Um, Knowing Jose and all his, his friends with a lot of the major agents, I'll, I'll be surprised if we don't get maybe uh, uh, one or two in. I actually, I I can see... We've got a bit of an issue with the homegrown at the moment because we're pretty much at the quota for foreign players. So it's difficult. Yeah. So, so we need to get rid. But I mean, and Jetson made a fucking an appearance on the bench. Today, he was on the bench, he? though, wasn't he? Jetson, yeah. I didn't realise they put his his, his, uh, his other name. I was like, who's this guy on the bench? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that. Sorry, if he even listens to this. And also Celia. <laughs> Celia, who knows all the numbers. Like, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, coming in, in outgoings and ingoings. I saw your uh, your YouTube the other night yourself mm. and uh, and Seb um, kind of agreed with, with a lot of that but I think we'll see more outgoings maybe yeah I'll say Jetson will go back and then maybe, maybe Ore is going to go after being the last being linked away with a move for the last two or three windows so maybe he'll go because mm. I mean the obvious one is Danny Rose he's even crashing his car now just to fucking <laughs> piss people off even more and make himself more of a liability what, what is it about but, um, what is it because I saw Koto <laughs> didn't he he went on like Garden leave we paid him like and forty thousand pounds a month just to sit in, in Canary Wharf and drive his smart car around London. Do you know what I'm saying? And now Danny Rose is like, you know, on guarding leave, and he, he, you know, I mean, what is it with us and our fullbacks? Well, that's the one thing you know about. That's why everyone loves Ben Davies because he's so boring that he's never going to do anything stupid like that, is he? He'd just be at home reading a book. <laughs> Tomorrow in Sunday's papers, yeah, Ben yeah, Davies man. expose. <laughs> his fairy tale wedding is off after. After going Walker's next by, I thought he played. I thought he played well today, Ben Davies as well. I thought. I thought he did. I thought he was a uh, Mr. Steady Eddie on the on the left. There. I thought. I thought he did well. 
Ben Davies is good. HG, you thought Davies played well today, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I think that he was just he played on the front foot. Um, we, we talked about how um, you know that that the, the four attacking midfielders that Leeds have that you know if they get a chance to run at you, you might be in trouble. Well, he played really tight to Rafinha. It didn't really give him a chance to run with the ball. Like I, I remember a couple of occasions, probably in the in the first half where they had half chances down that side. But I think Davies actually played played really well today and was probably to me was probably our best player just because yeah it's weird I think there is a part of it where you, you you see Kane play well and you see some play well and you think okay well that's pretty much standard if you only really notice it when it doesn't happen and maybe there's an, a part of that with Davies where when he isn't Mister Steady Eddie and actually goes and attacks the ball because I, I really do think that goal that, that Stoke has given him some confidence to actually get forward and to try and attack things. It, mm-hmm. it, it suited him today to play the way that he did. I've never thought he was as bad as anyone, as everyone said. Mm. In fact, he got forward and, and had a, and had a shot on target. Again. Was it on target? No, he had a dig, didn't he? But he had a dig. He played well against Wolves as well. He kept he kept trying when we swapped back to the back four. Um, uh, second half at Wolves, he kept trying pretty quiet as well. I mean, and this is it. I watched Traore play tonight at Brighton and he terrorised the Brighton left back. I mean, it was it was crazy. So it does give you an indication, I think, of how well Davies is playing. But uh, let's hope he can continue it because who, who knows what's going to happen with Reggion after what uh, after their little Christmas jaunt. Well, this is the thing. He was on the bench, wasn't he? That's what I found so strange was that he was on the bench. I guess that he's been tested since then because it's been a week, hasn't it? So probably had a last minute COVID test, passed it, and they were like, okay, you can play. But it, it was a strange one. Uh, no Lamella today. And then you see sort of like Jensen making an appearance. Vinicius, it was good to see him get even a few minutes on the bench, uh, off the bench thrower. Like we, we, we do have a strong squad and we, we talk about transfers possible. Like if, if Jose can bring in Jetson and Bergwijn last January when we needed about six players, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think that when we don't need that many, he'll find a way. Yeah, we'll probably have to sell a couple or, mm. or loan them out or whatever we need to do. But yeah, with, with, the, uh, with, with the financial situation being so difficult for so many teams... I would like to think that we'd be a bit creative and, and maybe think, okay, well, we don't need, we don't really want this person around for the next six months. Let's find someone else who does, and it, it'll be almost like everyone will be swapping their deadwoods. Um, yeah, kind of how you see you know, real trading, like in the NBA or the NFL, where people say, right, yeah. well, we've got this guy who's good, but we don't really want to build around him anymore. You can have him for six months and see what happens. I, I, I would like to see Spurs try and do that, despite the fact that our director of football hates January. Well, let's just quickly mention footballprizes.co.uk. Uh, they've got a wicked Paul Gascoigne signed frame shirt um, this week. Uh, it's, I guess it's from 91, 1991. I can't quite... Is it the Holston one? Yeah, it's the old Holston. I really like that kit. Nice. I can't remember exactly what year it's from. But anyway, Gazza shirt signed. As always, there's 99 tickets. They're 4 95 each with the codes 10Gs. That's 10Gs. You get a 10% discount. And that ends on Monday the 11th. So you've got a full nine days to get involved in that one. 7.30, Monday the 11th. Uh, like I say, tickets are 4 95 Get involved, cheeseheads, and good luck. Right, let's move on to the um, Brentford game. HG, do you know anything about Brentford? I must be uh, honest here. I do not at the moment. It's it's my nan's team. <laughs> so I've been following them for the last, what, five or six years since I mean, my, my grand was was born and grew up about two blocks, two, it's not even English, is it? Two streets from uh, from the Brentford <laughs> ground. I'm, I'm married to an American. Please forgive me. Um, 
I, I, I do, I do follow, I do follow Brentford a little bit, and yeah, I mean they're doing really well. So they're, they're a very good side. I think they they haven't lost in the Championship for over two months now. Um, when I when I looked this afternoon, they were second. I didn't check the the results in the Championship um, that happened today, but certainly uh, after our game, they were second when I did look. And we we know how good they are. They almost got promoted last year. They probably should have been. You know, because they lost their final two league games and somehow, somehow avoided automatic promotion. Did a real Tottenham, and yeah, like they're they're flying. They've won five of their last six. They they score goals. The guy they signed from Peterborough has sixteen already this season. They're, they're a very very good team. And yes, look, I know we're at home, but I think it's a semi final. They have literally nothing to lose. It's no. not going to be an easy game, and. I won't say I'm nervous, but in Brentford have lots of young players. That they're, they're quality players, and like five or six of them have played together for a long time now. I mean, think you know if you think of the players that were at Brentford, like Ben Rama was there last season, and Ollie Watkins and Esri Concer was there for a while. I mean, Dean Smith's bought about three of them um, to follow him <laughs> to Villa, and I think that they'll probably do the same um, going going forward. But yeah, Brentford. They are—they're a good side, and I—I'm I, yeah, not nervous, but I, I don't expect a victory. Paul, do you think they're a potential banana skin? No, I think we'll beat them. Um, I think Jose takes this, this competition very seriously, but like uh, like Pep does, uh, I think we'll beat them. Uh, I think we'll beat them well, and uh, we'll get to the final. Um, mm-hmm. And the only thing I, the only thing I know about Brentford is that they're they're Nana Stiles's, uh team. That, that, that's the only thing I know. <laughs> and you only knew that like the last five minutes. Nanny bet if you're listening, she's my my last remaining grandparent. Uh, got to follow the bees just because of you. <laughs> Oddly, I've got Brentford connections. My granddad, uh, who I never met, was on the board at Brentford like in the sixties, I think, or seventies. Um, didn't what's his name? Um, Rod Stewart. Wasn't Rod Stewart on the books at Brentford for a while? He was like a trainee there or something. How do you know this stuff? My mum went out with Rod Stewart for a brief period. I'm, I'm saying one went out. Whoa, I don't whoa, know. Whoa, whoa. Exactly. Okay. She said, she said, listen to this. Say that again, <laughs> Franco. When Rod Stewart was playing football back in those days, my mum went out from, you know, for a bit. Does that mean you look like your dad, Franco? she's just read my mind completely (laughs) (laughs) weirdly enough at school we did a stars in their eyes and I did Rod Rod Stewart and Tina Turner it takes two (laughs) (laughs) there's just too many connections isn't there it's bizarre there you go. In, in 1960, he went for trials at Brentford FC. That is Something true. like that. No, it's yeah. true. Have you just looked it up? Well, I wikipedia did it, so it's true, right? I mean, that's that's just yeah, it. I mean, I wrote that Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. I don't think my mum would make that up. Mia, who would you prefer in the final at the moment, considering the two teams' relative form? Uh, City. No, United. Absolutely. No, no. I'd, well, no, no I'd, 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 I think we've done well against City. I think there's still uh, there's still issues there completely. I think now that uh, Pock has been confirmed to PSG, I think that takes a little bit of a shadow, a little bit of weight off of Oli's shoulders. He's shown that he can he can get them firing. They are playing pretty decently. They're they're a lucky team. I think they'd beat us eleven against eleven. I think they would. Uh, so I'd go with C at the minute on the on on the form. And you disagree, HG? Uh, yeah, because I just think City have the ability to th- to thrash us, and I don't think United do. 
I haven't for a while, though. That's the thing about City, have they? And I know United haven't either, and we did smash United. We've beaten them both this year. We shouldn't really fear either of them. No, I, I just think that like Man City on their day can wipe the floor with anyone, right? And we, we mm-hmm. don't see that day very often anymore, but you look at the table, that if they win their two games in hand, they're above us. They'll, they'll be one point behind Liverpool and United. They, they really aren't a bad team. So, look, it's not as if either of them are the juggernaut that Liverpool could be. So we could certainly win the final, but I think I'm more worried about getting there than I am about who we're going to play. I just, I don't know. <laughs> if you ask me, I think the Mourinho versus um, Solskjaer angle is far more likely to be a storyline than, than Pep versus Jose, because we've seen that one many times before. I think that Oli's chance to win a first um, title with Man United versus Jose, you know, the old manager, I, I just think that that's going to be the one. Okay, well... Muir, you said that we're going to thrash Brentford, so give me a quick score prediction. Uh, 3-0. Okay. HG? Penalties? No. Look, um... <laughs> <laughs> your, your bottle has completely gone recently, HG. You are every single game. So we might you have got a, bit, you've got a bit defensive lately, HG. I mean, even I've picked up on that. On my Monday yeah. morning runs, like listening to you, like I'm out there and I've got the headphones on. It's like a really dark winter's morning. I'm putting the case in. And I want to feel I want to feel kind of like, yeah, I can do this for two or three K quick. And then you come on with your defensive <laughs> attitude. And it's like, oh, I can't be fucking bothered now. Hey, it's, uh, when, when it doesn't matter, I can be as free <laughs> as I want. When it matters, I get nervous. Of course I do. Like, you know, Brentford have nothing to lose and we have everything to lose. Like, don't get me wrong. We wanted this draw, a home draw in a semi-final, in a one-leg semi-final. This does not happen often, if at all. So, yeah, we, we couldn't ask for a better draw, but that doesn't mean I think we'll, we'll do it easily. That That's just not mm. the Spurs way. So, yeah, I think we'll win by one, um, two-one maybe. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went to penalties. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll go for something similar. I think we'll scrape it, and I think it'll be nervy. I think we'll probably be the last ten minutes like panicking, but <laughs> but I still think we're good enough to do it. Definitely, it'll be, it'll be Kane twice, and then we'll score another goal from a set play because a couple of weeks ago we were talking about getting more goals apart from Son and Kane. So we'll get yeah. another set play goal. We'll we'll, we'll beat them well. I'm, I'm sure we will. I'm sure he's going to take this competition very seriously, and we'll get through. So just just so everyone knows, if you go to Rod Stewart's Wikipedia page, it also has a list <laughs> of previous relationships. And, and, and I, I don't know if Franco's mum is on there, there no. but there's quite a list. Well, she, she wouldn't she wouldn't be known as Mrs. Parker, would she? So He's I don't a know what I mean. <laughs> was she called Jenny Rylance? <laughs> yes, is the answer. No. If you want my body and you think I'm sexy. We can't sing that. We'll have to pay him royalties, mate. So. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> um, sorry Dad. Right, before we start off, let me just give a shout out to the patrons, the ones I haven't mentioned before. Graham and Kat. Um, Brendan in Australia. Not to be confused with Brendan in Brazil. Uh, Marcus Wieshofer. Uh, even though he's a Yank, I'm pretty sure I need to pronounce it like a German would. Uh, David Aitchison and Ollie Woodward. Thank you all for your support, guys. And anybody else that's willing to uh, sign up, you get obviously exclusive match day chat that we keep banging on about, as well as articles from HG, Seb, additional pods, all sorts of good stuff. And it'd be really good to have you on board. So uh, patreon.com forward slash the cheese room podcast. Right. Uh, Mr. Muir, thank you ever so much for joining us as always. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed it. Can I just say, uh, well done. If anybody's listening, uh, associated with Jimmy Greaves, MBE in the New Year's Honours. That was good. That was really good to read. HG, cheers for joining as always. Yeah, no problem. 
And don't forget, she says, look out uh, on our Cheese Room YouTube channel. Uh, Cord will be doing a video soon because he's been doing sod all for the Cheese Room for the last two weeks. Been very busy selling uh, turkeys and mince pies. So uh, look out for him on there. And Brendan will be doing the review of the Brentford game midweek. Is, is Brendan still alive? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's just been partying. He's just been partying for the last Brendan, weeks. Brendan, where have you been? You don't text, you don't phone call, you don't, you know, you don't talk to us anymore. <laughs> well, he talks to me, he just sends me pictures of him down the beach. I'm like, it's 30 degrees today, man, it's too hot. I'm like, yeah, I'm freezing my nuts off in London. Cheers. I've been pissing down the rain for three days. I'm glad he's still alive, though. That's good. Also, the Gooners are winning 2 0, but it's snowing so hard, the ball is like literally stopping after three or four metres now. I'm hoping this game gets abandoned <laughs> on like the 80th minute. That's the best up, thing. Oh, shit. Yeah, goodness. Anyway, right. Until next time, don't forget subscribe to your podcast provider, sign up to all of our socials, and come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Come on, you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network. <laughs>